welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and the beginning of the end of the fate of the Jedi. Book nine, Apocalypse. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week we start book nine, Apocalypse, of fate of the Jedi, in case you didn't hear me say that moments ago. And, well, the book starts off exactly how I want every book to start off. Tons of action and Jaina Solo. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say good. No, we'll get there. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we talked about all of book eight, Ascension. Almost <laughs> immediately forgot what I was going <laughs> New book, who dis? Anyways... <laughs> We talked about all of Book 8 Ascension and how it was uh, actually, I thought in hindsight, better than I was feeling most of the way through it. Mm-hmm. And probably probably most of the books are like that. Like, they're fun. Every book individually is fun and interesting and cool things happen in it. But sometimes in the context of the whole, I don't feel like we're accomplishing enough. I don't yeah. feel like we're moving the, the bigger threads further along. Uh, that's me. Yeah, and, and when the, the book stretches on for 40-some-odd chapters, and that's, it's hard. Yeah, but that's us. That's our fault. It that's is. my fault. <laughs> like, that's a self-imposed problem, so I can't get mad about that. <laughs> no. Oh, we had to read this one for two and a half months. No, you didn't. <laughs> With the Two, structure. six chapters at a time. <laughs> With the structure that we put in place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my bad, and I'm going to be mad about it. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the book, was, the book was good. But that was last week this week we start with chapter one and we open on the lights of coruscant uninterrupted by time never dimmed since history the recotton and slavery of the of the entire galaxy and then the empire and the sith and the this and the yuzhan vong and that whatever has ever happened coruscant always survives is the opening idea of a book titled Apocalypse. I expected the next line to be th- that the planet being today. <laughs> <laughs> the planet being dim. I was like, oh no, <laughs> for real. That's that is uh, that's that's some foreshadowing, huh? Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, more importantly than the lights of Coruscant, we open with Jaina Solo. Yes, she's the best. <laughs> the best. Solo Jedi that we have left, okay? She used to be second best <laughs> trial by combat. She has won that title. <laughs> and we don't get enough of her, and I like to start the book like this. She's wondering if regular people even care who will win this upcoming war. As the Jedi are coming back to Coruscant to boot out the Sith, they're all ready to sneak back in now. So everybody's in various stages of transport through Coruscant customs. Yeah. And Jane is like, all these regular people down there, I wonder if they'll even care about who wins between the upcoming war between the Jedi and the Sith. When was the last time we had a war between the Jedi and the Sith? 10,000 years ago. When the lost tribe got lost. Tribe? Because that was the war. That was the Old Republic War, was Jedi versus Sith. Their tribe splintered off and got lost for 10,000 years. Yeah. 5,000 years? I don't know. It, it You know what I mean. Either though. way, it's been a bit. You know what I mean. Yep. The Great Hyperspace War. Is that even what it was? No. That was before that. 
Is that a thing? My point being, what was my point? The point is, she's deliberately telling us a war between Jedi and Sith. There's never been this many Sith in a very, very long time of telling stories in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see what almost happened to my mouth there? I, <laughs> I knew Star Wars was coming after stories. Uh, my mouth started putting a W in the middle of stories. I had to fight it off. I know I got this pop screen. Yeah, the pop so screen blocked it a bit. I was like, stories. <laughs> I, had to, whoo, I had to settle a W down in a rodeo there. But seriously, <laughs> the opening of this book is is exciting. Hey, look at Coruscant. Never been stopped. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I wonder if anybody even cares who would win this upcoming war. Between the Jedi and the Sith. Because, you know, much like it's the same argument in Imperial rule, especially on Coruscant, life's still pretty good no matter who's in charge for regular yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Look at what what are the Sith doing right now to regular people? Nothing. Just brainwashing them to hate the Jedi. They're trying to get all the Jedi. They don't give a shit about regular people. Yeah. It's... So, like, live your life. Just don't get in our way. Pay your taxes. Go to work. You know what I mean? Like, in a... In a government like that, the the laws become not protective of the people of the state. They become prohibitory of stopping the state from doing what they're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't actually affect you unless you get in the bad guy's way. Otherwise, you just go to work every day and whatever, have a calf, tap a calf. Mm-hmm. Have a Jamba Juice or whatever the hell <laughs> Ben and Mara Jade had in the last thing. <laughs> Boomerang Scoomers. I don't know. What was <laughs> that? actually doesn't sound too far off from what they would have. That sounds actually kind of good too, whatever that is. Anyways, Jaina. At Coruscant, the Jedi are back already. Oh, they're going to war. This is Jaina. The Sword of the Jedi telling us, we're back at Coruscant and we're going to war in the first like three sentences of the book. Yep. Exciting. It's very exciting. I mean, I thought, I kind of thought there was action coming. The book is called Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see what that, you know, turns out to mean. But I'm worried about Coruscant now. And this war where Jaina even thinks to herself, they outnumber the Jedi 10 to 1, the Sith. Yeah. 10 to 1. That's bad. That means there's approximately a thousand Sith on Coruscant. Whoa. Good callback <laughs> to the 100-ish Jedi yep. that went to the last planet last time. Yeah, the the volcano and trap no, planet. Did anybody at the end of the book decide that they were going back to Coruscant? Is that what they said? No, I don't think anyone. Anyways, here they Maybe. are. Maybe. Here they are. Here they are. With a number of different assault forces, she calls them. Of now trained liars. Yeah. They've been practicing for weeks to be good enough liars to not give away the fact that they're in disguise. The Jedi are becoming what they hate. Mm-hmm. To destroy what they hate. Ooh. I mean, that's a little a little bit heavier than maybe this actually is. But, like, to some small degree. Yeah. They got to adopt some of their... Uh... But if you're lying to bad guys, is it a bad thing? Right. Anyways, here's just a little drip of like, you know, taking on some unsavory traits in order to win a war already. Yeah, they haven't even started fighting yet. No. But some of these liars are named 
Valen and Gisela Horn. They're on Jaina's strike team. Former crazy people. By the way. Yeah. B- before you say the thing that you're going to say that you said before was a good point. The Jedi don't know that Abeloth is on Coruscant. They think they're coming here to kick out the Sith. According to the perspective I'm getting of Jaina not mentioning her name in the list of threats and her like analysis of the attack that they're about to launch, right? Abeloth yeah. doesn't come up. So, still following from the last book, they don't know where she is. They don't know that she's here mm-hmm. and controlling the Sith that you're about to go to war with. Uh, just another really big oversight when you're bringing a bunch of formerly crazy Jedi back to Coruscant, where she is. Yeah, they abandoned the previous plan of find Abloth, and then we'll take care of the Sith, to we'll take care of the Sith, and then find Abloth. Yeah, like, you know what? Whoops, turns out too many Sith in my house. Oh, there's one in my bedroom or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, they're back. And what you said before, last time we saw Valen and Gisela Horn was on Nom Corios. I remembered the Nom of it. Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't before. <laughs> they, she was. What did you? Where was like, she? Gisela was on the the space station. That oh, the right, Sith the Golden Two space yeah, platform. Yeah, that the Sith couldn't slave the whatever, and I think she's the, the one the firing targeting mechanism. Yeah, I think she was the one that was shooting at Luke at when at they when they're imposter Jedi because yeah. last time we saw them they were crazy again. Yeah, and Valen was sneaking because around. they came to where Abeloth was on Nam Corios, they went bonkers again. Mm-hmm. Now, none of the other Jedi that were there, I mean, Luke and Ben and Vistara, right? Yeah. The other people who would notice that didn't see them at all during the time on Nam Corios. And we don't get their story, which is fine. They're such minor characters. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Leave, maybe they'll have a conversation moving forward, the two of them, right? Where they're like, just got to be just, cool. Just be cool. We're almost back home to mother. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We just got to keep pretending to be Jedi with these fake Jedi at some point. Because they, they either stayed crazy or they got uncrazy and they're about to get re-crazy. We haven't yeah. gotten in their perspective yet. But sooner or later, they're going to re-encounter that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll see what happens with all the other formerly brainwashed Jedi as well. As we cut to Basil Warv, mm-hmm. Seth Helen, someone named Vala Razel, I'm assuming also... A former crazy person. Yeah. Who thought everyone around you had been taken over by body snatchers. Yeah, and Yaquil's here. Like, all the crazies. Yeah. All the members of the unit. That's what they're called. Yeah. All the best friends. But they're in, you know, different sections of the customs building. And they're in different stages of the process, even. It sounds like Jaina and, and the Horns are up on a ship still. Yeah. And then we cut to all these other kids who seem to be in line at customs. Yeah. Like at the border patrol. Type Just waiting to check pass their through. bags and passports and come home to Coruscant type thing. Like they're pretending to be wrestlers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool at a uh, pretty good, <laughs> pretty cool cover story for Coruscant Sith immigration station. And like you said, you is there too. And another Bothan Jedi named 
Yantahar, Buatu. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I like that, though. Because they said, like, he has a nephew in the Jedi Order and stuff like that, right? That's been yeah. mentioned before. But I don't think we've ever really met this guy. No, but not, not that I remember. Here he is, coming back home to Coruscant. I bet you he was also, at some point, bonkers like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. They're all, except for Jaina, the same age. Yeah. Uh, relatively speaking, to their species. But, like, you know, they're all at shelter as children during the Yuzhan Vong War, which I thought about this while thinking about these kids at shelter. I am so excited to read that New Jedi Order series again now and pay superb attention to the time at shelter. Yeah, to the kids. any wriggling little bit of tentacular sneakeroo up into your heart type of business. Yeah. That's going to be so interesting. I thought about that. I was like, you know what? It's kind of stupid the way that we're reading these books, right? We've been saying that long. Like, we're just going to start with the things we like. We'll read Legacy of the Force. We love Jason Solo. We read that. This is the follow-up series to that after he's just met his fate and... We read this next. That makes sense. Here's the sequel to the series. And now we're going to go after this book back in time, 20 years. Yeah. To the Yuzhan Vong War, the New Jedi Order book series. And to me, that always, you know, in a, you know, in a meta sense seems weird. But number one, it's how Star Wars movies were released. (laughs) Yeah. So that's great. (laughs) Actually, literally, we, we start... Oh my god. We start with the Anakin Solo Darth Vader of it all and the, and then follow that through and then we're going to go back 20 years and find out how Jason Solo became the man that he became. Yep. So number 1, it is actually secretly cool that we're telling the story in the same order as the movies. Number 2, secret cool reason for doing the books in this order. I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember it anymore. I said too many things about movies, and now I don't. There's a cool thing. There's a cool reason, the accidental cool thing about the way that we're reading these books. And you know what? If I ever think of it again, I'll let all of you know. Yeah, it'll cycle through, and you'll get. We'll be like another twenty minutes. But I remember. We'll be on book five of the NJO, and I'll go. You know what's cool about the way that we're reading these books? Yeah, I know. I don't remember what the hell I was thinking of because I didn't write that cool note down. Maybe I did later at some point. Ooh, wouldn't that be special? Anyways. Basil Worf and his team of pretend wrestlers can see Yaquil and her team of pretend whatever they are getting in trouble across customs. They're blowing it. So Basil Worf to the rescue. I'm not going to let my friend get in trouble. We're the unit. They don't say that, Mm -hmm. but I wish they would have so I could have remembered what they were called like you did. So he just barges his way over there. I'm assuming through like cordoned roped yeah like queued up waiting area. yeah they're like they're like uh laser ropes so you can just walk through them with like caution tape yeah. but lasers yeah and then he's just pushing a line and line and lines just over like six yeah and he senses some nervous people so he steals their drugs because they're secret drug dealers <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna go defuse this situation here i don't know how but i got drugs <laughs> we got spice we'll figure it out <laughs> And he does. He, uh, he goes over there and he, they're like about to be, they're being searched. They're about to be taken in and he puts the briefcase on the table or he's like, he, he's drawing attention to himself 
And then the Sith guard is like, you, uh, why are you looking at these people over here so suspiciously? And he's like, I don't know. We're not smuggling drugs together, I think. <laughs> he basically like, what's, says, in that, what's in that briefcase? He basically says it out loud. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he suckers them all into it. And then uh, since the Sith don't know nothing about nothing in the galaxy, they're like, ah, you're just regular bad people yeah. you're not jedi that we're looking for yeah. the disguise works because he distracts the sith with i don't know what did they say it was like 10 million credits worth of, of spice. pure something or other yeah pure blue crystal spice yeah it was like a blue paste so like shoved into gelled the into the yeah. yeah anyways math yeah saves the day <laughs> for the jedi order and just another I'm not, I wasn't realizing this till now saying these things out loud. That's another degree of who are you pretending to be in order to accomplish this goal? Like, what are you willing to do Jedi order to get rid of the Sith? You're so far practicing being liars and now pretending to be drug dealers, which by the way, Luke Skywalker and Leia Solo thought was crazy for them to say she was a spice smuggler, but here they are. Yeah, being saved by impersonating drug dealers. The only thing that any any of them seem concerned with is causing a ruckus and hurting civilians. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, everything else is fair game. Like, just let's just try and sneak in whatever we got to do, no matter what. And then we cut to from that mess in the, I don't know, in the lobby. Yeah, of the customs area. We cut to Luke Skywalker. Watching the news, and he says, oh my god, they're brainwashing people. Just like real life. Mm -hmm. Except, they're using a force technique. Through the TV? Yeah. Some special cadence and rhythm of speaking that puts your brain into a, a an adequate sense of um, acceptability. Yeah, like more, become, a more susceptible... Thanks, man, that's yeah. the word. Uh, to coercion and that kind of stuff. Oh, brain time, hard time. Yeah, but doing the f it works through the TV. All right, I guess. Couldn't just uh, that's kind of absurd. Couldn't couldn't anybody just do that? Anyways, the highlight quote of the newscast is oh, that <laughs> that I picked out. Yeah, Overlord of the Jedi Spice Cartel, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's mad about that. Yeah, they're not even trying to hide that they're lying. They're just... Uh, yeah, but they're it, they're doing the force through the TV so they can say whatever they want. Yep, they're uh, they're just outright lying and people are going to believe it because it's on TV and they're using special That's techniques. That's definitely part of the subtext, right? It's like every, all the dumbest people, the mundane people of the world believe everything they see and hear on the news. Mm -hmm. Don't question the sources. Bammer news. I like that. Badass mother reporters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ooh, I got a good one in there. Anyways, Luke Skywalker's here at Customs doing his own little border sneak. But he's with Doran Tainer. Seha Dorval. That guy's got the worst name. Doran Tainer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude. Every time I read it, it is... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't feel good coming out of your mouth there's Luke there's him there's Seha Dorval and there's Ben and Vistara the latter gets recognized 
by a Sith who used to train her. Or was a friend of her father's, I mean. Excuse me. Yeah. If I, I think I'm remembering that correctly mm-hmm. the second time. Uh, she got recognized. Because apparently they're not in serious disguises. Yeah, they like she's the, the one dyed their person. Hair. No, she's not the one person. You're Luke Skywalker. Never mind. Take mm-hmm. backs. You, uh, how is her face exposed? Yeah, they how dyed does their that hair. Man, recognize her. That's all it says that they did was they dyed their hair the same color of like golden blonde. Meanwhile, later on, one of them's dressed like a Twi'lek and one of them's dressed like another alien, and they totally pass mm-hmm. mostly. But for this. You're just yourselves with different colored hair. <laughs> when like so much of the plan we're being told relies on getting through unnoticed. So you can, you know, uh, mount your uprising from within instead of having to attack from the outside and break through. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Vistara gets recognized. Apparently they didn't have good access to disguises wherever they were in the galaxy in between books. So this guy spots her. Smiles at her or something? Winks at her? Nods at her? I don't know. Some yeah. sort of force recognition or something. There was another guy, too, that kind of got Luke's attention and, like, went, look it over there. Yeah. Yeah, there was another random dude, and then when Luke turned around to look for him again, he was gone. I don't understand what that was. Me neither. But, noticing that Vistara is noticed, Luke starts a battle in a crowded room. Mm-hmm. He shuts off the TV and with his brain. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he does something else that causes like the lights to go out. Well, he jumps up on the balcony and he throws the guy off the balcony. <laughs> That's right. And then he, and then he just starts a, a battle in the middle of all these civilians. When we've already been told we're trying to keep regular people safe, minimize casualties. Luke Skywalker is the one who starts the fight. Mm-hmm. When that guy was just like, yeah, whatever. But I guess if that information is going to trickle through, the star is back or something. Yeah. So it looks like, you know what my best bet is? I, Luke Skywalker, the most recognizable man in the world, whose face was just on television, am going to jump 15 feet in the air and throw a man to the floor in the darkness, mind you. But what the heck is he doing? That seemed, This seems so rash. Yeah. And... He doesn't make any effort to to really explain or why. It's just like, gotta do it. Off you go. And just start a fight in a crowded room of innocent civilians. The only thing that does happen is one of the Sith light a lightsaber and the GAS is like, there's a Jedi, get well, yeah, him. That's for sure one thing, yeah. Because they don't know the difference between red and blue, apparently. Well, they don't know the or Sith no, are there. Yeah, or know... So what, they think any lightsaber I'm going to see is a Jedi I'm supposed to catch because I don't know my boss standing right next to me has a lightsaber yeah. and is a bad guy. You know? So, yeah, that makes sense. At some point, the lightsaber comes on. Everybody in the room shoots at it at the Sith. So that ends up going well. But I found this interesting. Over the course of about two pages, Luke... I don't know, Vistara saves him or something? Yeah. Like she shikars the guy dah, with her glass dagger, mm-hmm. saves Luke Skywalker at the last second, and then he reflects on how many times Vistara has saved he and Ben. He has a thought of how he should murder the Sith that recognized her. Can't even just leave him 
behind. She got him with the dagger, but he's still breathing. Yeah. He's like, we're leaving, but I got to kill that guy. And then he thinks, I'm going to be really judgmental about Vistara for causing this guy to suffer on purpose. Yeah. Right? Because it's like a slow, agonizing death from the glass blade that breaks off in your body and whatever. And Luke's like, goes through the series of emotions. Number one, wow, she saved me. How many times has she saved me? Number two, I'm going to murder that guy. Number three, how dare she cause him pain? Yeah. And he uses the force to flick the tip of the thing up into the guy's heart or whatever. Yeah. Inside his body. This guy's an idiot. Yep. What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, it's just the the suffering on purpose that uh, is what sends him over. And maybe not. Maybe she's not so good. Right. But him having the thought of going to have to murder this guy in cold blood, I guess, doesn't register to him as, no. as a comparable to Vistara going, I'm going to have to cause this man pain to stop him. It's better to just murder him. Like... He applies judgments to her that he doesn't apply to himself, which I guess is just the hypocrisy of being 70. Yep. Maybe. 60? He's younger than Han Solo. Yeah, a little bit. A lot of it. I think he was like 30 in the movie. Like his canon age and Luke is 18 or whatever. Yeah, so it's 10, 12 years. Okay, you're right. What if Han's 33? That's 15. That's a nice number. I like 15 better. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Multiples of five. Why it's my jam. I, wait, why did I say thanks and you're welcome? Anyways. Yeah, doesn't matter. Luke Skywalker is a hypocrite. And he bothers me anytime he thinks about Vistara. Because he's wrong. <laughs> and oh, wait. We brought that up for nine books now. Whoops, he's not wrong. No, he's not. I'm just sick of this guy being a ding-dong. And I really would love to love Luke Skywalker again. Because mm-hmm. he's been really annoying as a character ever since Vistara came into his life. Because... He's just been repeating the same doubts over and over and over and over. Like, yeah. we get it. We get it, guy. Mm-hmm. Every time we're going to go to a new Sith place, I'm going to have to debate whether or not I can bring her with me. Every time. Can we stop? I would just, I would like to like this guy. Vistara wants him to like her as well. So she says, you know what, Master Skywalker? I did it for the Jedi cause. But she says it like sincerely. Yeah. Not as a joke. Like, I just did. Bad delivery. <laughs> but she's being tricksy, tricksy. Because, no, she didn't. She did it to save herself. Yes. Uh, she can't let that guy see her or else the Sith will absolutely be on her immediately. She killed the High Lord. She she has to kill everything <laughs> from here on out. She has to... She can't. She can only... She killed one Jedi. That's the limit. The rest of the Sith, though, they gotta go. You know? But, hey, I did it for the Jedi, Master Skywalker. I don't know. Long story short, out of this very long chapter... The Jedi have returned to Coruscant. They're sneaking through customs. Yeah. When will Ben find out about Vistara? In this book, let's assume it happens in this book. Mm -hmm. That would be Ben Skywalker's apocalypse. There's 36 chapters in this book. We finished four of them. What chapter, as a guess, do you think Ben will find out what Vistara did to, what was her name? Uh, not to a one. Not to a one. Not the other name. I was I couldn't. I couldn't get out of my head that I can't even think of it. What a Lamarar? Nope. Oh. Nalani Din. Oh, okay. 
Or Nelanie. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> how, what chapter, take a guess, do you think that Ben's going to find out? It's, I don't remember. It's going to be somewhere mid-book. I don't even remember 15, if he does. 15 to 20 in that. be like a that. tipping point? Yeah. See, I've got it. I got it late. I got it like, chapter 30. Okay. As like a late revelation to push his character forward with something to do in the future. Okay. Track her down, hunt her down, run away with her, protect her. I don't know. He, he might, Who I don't know what side he would pick, right? But I think it's going to be a late thing. And I don't remember. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this with foreknowledge at all. I can't remember the second cool thing about reading the books in this order. I can't remember characters' <laughs> names after I think of them two seconds ago. But I know I would love to see that be his setup of motivation for like whatever books were supposed to come later, like the Jana solo trilogy and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's chapter one of apocalypse. Uh, everybody sneaks into Coruscant and Luke starts a fight in a crowded room <laughs> and then murders a man in cold blood, but judges a teenager for causing him pain. Chapter two. When Dorvin has been tortured for some time now, at least days, he says something about days. Last time we seen him, he was opening a secret door in the chief of state's office, and there was four people with red lightsabers in there. Whoops, wrong door. Uh, <laughs> should have gone to 418. I'm just going to close that door. Yeah, four. I should have gone all the way to 41A. No! Anyways, 400 staircases later. I guess 40. Wind Dorman has been tortured for some time. And here we are <laughs> with Avalot's tentacle wrapped around his foot of the, I don't know, bed that he's strapped to. Yeah. I picture it like a medical gurney kind of. Oh, they probably have him in the basement of the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't didn't think of that. Where else would they have him? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Anyways, (laughs) Abloth's here in tentacle form. Yeah. With some woman standing next to her and she's wrapped her thing around Wind Dorvin's leg, and she's all like, ah, scary. I'm going to make you feel scared. And then she transforms into Roki Kemp. Aha! Which makes him feel a little bit better. And then this is her way to offer Wind Dorvin freedom. You don't want to be tortured anymore, right? I have an offer for you. Come and do your job, please. Yes, seriously. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yes, please. Be, be Come back assistant. and do that job, please. I don't actually want to run a government. I just want to be loved by the galaxy or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, come on. Come back to work. Hey, sorry about all that torturing and stuff. But we'll do it more if you don't come back. So, <laughs> you want to sign or what do you want to do here, right? <laughs> Which I thought it was hilarious even that she just... Yeah, it makes sense, but it's also really funny for her to just go, I, I, I need someone to do all the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. way more paperwork than I thought I don't know I'm a thing from a, from the maw yeah I'm, a, I'm some sort of ancient thing beast that's been trapped away in a prison of black holes he's had that administrator assistant job like four times <laughs> for so many people <laughs> he's been fired like three times well he can't get elected chief of state to save his life but he's got that job forever <laughs> yeah he likes it better anyway well, he certainly likes it better than being tortured. And she says, I'm going to show you how serious I am. 
Please help me make this decision. Here's this blonde woman standing next to me. You may recognize her from Tahiri's trial. This is the lady who lied. She perjured herself on the stand. She was mm-hmm. whatever fake evidence about uh, Tahiri murdering uh, Admiral Pelion. Yep. But what should I do with her? The, imp- the Empire wants her back. What am I supposed to do? And then they go through this conversation of politics where he teaches her out the galaxy works as another, you know, echo of the whole theme of the ignorance of the bad guys in this whole series. Yeah. Sith don't know anything about how the galaxy works. They, they don't know what spice is. They don't know what UHI is, which I thought was funny. They use that acronym for their fake people and they had two different ones that two different UHIs. Yeah. Which probably neither one is actually real. Of course. Or they're both real, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, there's two. If there could be two WWFs for f- 25 years or whatever, there would be 30 UHIs in a whole galaxy. That's just planet Earth, dude. Yeah. Two WWFs? Anyways. Until somebody gets upset about it. Yeah. Why are the pandas so mad? <laughs> <laughs> really dra- are they really drawing attention away from your World Wildlife Foundation? I don't think so. No. I don't think. You've coexisted for 25 plus years already. And no one's accidentally... What's the problem? No one's accidentally donating to wrestling when they're trying to help pandas. Well, they probably wanted the website or something. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, Star Wars, right? (laughs) Star Wars. They politic just like you would over a, a WWF website. The Sith don't know very much. Abeloth doesn't know. Maybe even less. Yeah. Because, you know, she has only just been watching the news compared to the way that they've been gathering information for a longer amount of time. She's fresher out of the prison than they are, which is an interesting parallel between the two Mm -hmm. threats, right? They've both been locked away for thousands of years, uh, Mm -hmm. accidentally and purposely, you know, contrast that way. Yeah. But they don't, nobody knows nothing. None of these bad guys know nothing. I don't know anything either. What is Abeloth? What does she want? What is she actually doing? She doesn't want to do the paperwork. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I can relate to that. But anyways. When Dorfman says, uh, it's probably just her dad wants her back. Yeah. They didn't offer you anything. Just give her back. Just give her back. That means she's worthless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right in front of this lady. <laughs> Who's really at this moment, probably going, I'm worthless. I'm worthless. Just get me out of this room. Yeah. Get me out of this room. And then she didn't get out of there in time. Because mm-hmm. Abloh's like, all right, we'll send her back. But can't have anybody know about my true form. So I'm going to fill this woman with my tentacles and erase her memory. And, like, she, her skin goes so pale that, like, it's, like, see-through. You can see the undulating tentacles pulsating uh, beneath the surface of bad. her skin. So bad that it almost drives Windorvin legitimately insane. Yeah, he starts, like, chewing he's, on his hands and banging and his head like, on the he's, wall. he hears a screaming sound and doesn't realize that it's him. Yeah. <laughs> like a way, uh, yeah. Yeah. Biting his fingers and banging his head on the wall at the sight of what Abeloth is doing. And she turns to Windorvin and tells him she is so much more than a Sith. Because he called her a Sith at one point. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, attitude. So she tentacles this lady to bits. 
I don't know. Is the woman even alive? It did not seem like she was going to survive the situation. No, but it was just supposed to be a memory wipe. I've seen several memory erasings in Star Wars. We saw Luke Skywalker do it with the Theron listeners, where the person didn't seem to experience any trauma at all. Mm -hmm. We saw Jason Solo do it to Ben Skywalker in a rough around the edges sort of way. And it it, it didn't feel good. But this is very different. This is so much more. So much more than a Sith. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, but what are you? What are you? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy good scene. What? Where's Pocket? Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. What is she? Chapter 3. Chapter three. We'll get there, I'm sure. I hope so. It's the last book. <laughs> Ten or so chapters. I would have liked to know episode seven, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't mean episode seven of the podcast. I mean book seven. <laughs> you know? Uh, God. Anyways, chapter three. Ben and Vistara are hiding in Cameron Sildar's closet. Getting ready for the liberation of Coruscant. Teens in a closet. Except it's actually a waiting room. Yeah. It's just called the Pages Closet. And at one point, they remark, it's not even a closet, it's a room. I'm like, well, okay, why are we playing this game then? <laughs> why, why just so we can say two teenagers are in the closet, seven minutes of having or whatever. They're flirting their butts off, though, mm-hmm. which is nice while we can have it, which is exactly Vistara's whole life now, right? Let's enjoy all the Ben and Vistara we get until chapter 15 or chapter 30 we'll find out <laughs> it's definitely gonna be one of those two though i guarantee it no i have no idea no but they're cute they're cute little teenagers having a chat having a flirt giving each other eyes oh you think the guy liked me oh i flashed him a smile whatever just just funny little i don't know fake jealousy flirting stuff here in the waiting room which is not a closet even though everybody calls it a closet p.s Ben was the one that had to persuade all the Jedi Masters to let Vistara come on the Liberation of Coruscant mission. Again. Mm-hmm. Like, again. Okay. This uh, this one is maybe more valid. Because they were saying, oh, it's for her safety. Because she would be like a number one high priority target. Yeah. Right below Luke Skywalker. Get her. But you said that the last time too at Droman Ka. So you said it at the other planet where there's actually Sith, Korriban. You said it every time you've gone somewhere with her. We get it. Mm-hmm. You know what? In fairness though, this was actually just an afterthought. Where Ben was like, I had to convince them to let her even come. We didn't sit through yeah. the doubting of Vistara Kai once again. Which, you know, we have already so many times. They head into Cameron Soldar's office. In their expert disguises. Nobody recognizes Vistara this time. They have a note that they're delivering. And apparently a lot of these notes are being delivered around the the Senate and the Galactic Alliance. Uh, what do you call it? I guess just the Senate. The plaza. Uh, where all the, where all the yeah. Sith politicians are. And a coffee machine. The note, yeah, coffee, coffee machines, the fake part of the delivery. Yes. The real part is the note that reads, surrender or die. Sincerely, the Jedi. Yeah, decide now. <laughs> Sincerely, the Jedi. Why did we sneak in here then? So they could all get the so message at the same time. So that we can del- hand deliver invitations? Yeah. 
weird. It's such a. It's uh, we are offering surrender, even though none of them are going to. Yeah. We know we're it. pretending to be bad guys. So what we're actually doing, or, uh, we're pre- what? What did I say? Pretending to be bad guys is what you said. That's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my point was. The idea though is that we know they're not going to surrender, but we are good guys, so we have to do the good guy thing, even though it's actually just making this more difficult. Yeah. We know they're not going to surrender, and even if they do, it's a trap. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make this more difficult for ourselves, even though trillions of people's lives depend on it here on the planet Coruscant and across the entire galaxy. Yeah, because they don't want to be assassins. They want to be the good guy that offer the nonviolent. Or path. maybe it's like a psychological ploy to throw everybody on their back foot. I don't know. But here's the note. Surrender or die. Signed, <laughs> the Jedi. The plan is was to be sneaky but apparently the plan is not subtlety as yeah. we cut to Corin horn crushes target one with scaffolding hey luke <laughs> hey luke Corin horn's doing causing pain yeah <laughs> crushes this guy under scaffolding and we, just ooze <laughs> and then he feels for the guy's pulse yeah he's like no pulse mission accomplished next one we, we move on from cameron soldar we go to some other random sith Crush him with some scaffolding. Then we cut to Octoramus electrocutes the Bamar newswoman to death. <laughs> hey, Luke! Yeah. Hey, Luke, your Jedi are causing people pain! At least... And suffering! At least the scaffolding was quick. That was electrocution. That took a minute. Yep. <laughs> she was being strangulated with the wire that was then poking into her chest. Yeah. And electrocuting her while it was choking her to death. Hey, Luke! <laughs> you fucking hypocrite! Here's your Jedi Masters. You cold-blooded murderer! Yeah. We cut to... Jaina's turn. And she gets the point out. The rules of this whole invasion. Revasion? Yeah. Revengeoning. We can't kill anybody who's not a Sith. We won't put any regular people in danger. Luke's orders. And then we cut to... Vistara and Ben being taken captive. It's her Sith way of making sure that they get in there to Cameron Soldar slash High Lord Warkin because, capital letters, he's got to die. Yep. Why has he got to die? Yeah, she she's just making sure she's protecting herself. Yep. Because if any of them live, she's target number one. How did they get in there? How did they get into Cameron Soldar's office finally? Oh, yeah, the whole flirting thing with the guard? No. No. I'm Vistara Kai. She was Go melting, tell I'm Vistara Kai. Yeah. Here I am. And so she put Den in, Den? Ben in danger. <laughs> she put Ben's life in danger in order to make sure this High Lord gets killed. Yep. She's quite confident in the two of them, which I don't blame her at this point. They're yeah, no, they're alive. pretty good. And they've left uh, whoo, river of bodies behind them. The two of them alone. Never yeah. mind Luke and Gina fighting six other ones off by themselves. <laughs> but she's pretty confident enough in their ability to take on the High Lord in an entire room of Sith Sabres because backup's coming. Yep, they have to survive at least, they have to survive a minute. That's all they need to do. But they gotta die for sure because she can never be safe with any other Sith from her tribe being alive. Good luck, dude. Yeah. 10 to 1. You're outnumbered 10 to 1. 
You're lucky you got Vistara. That's one extra one on your side. <laughs> Quit doubting her, even though she's a murderer. You're lucky to have her. <laughs> hey, Luke. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all the action kicks off. The reason why she's so confident is because the backup team is coming, and the backup team do come. And they blow the door open. Luke Skywalker battles with High Lord Warkin. Vistara and Ben fight off some Sith Sabres. They, they have some really sweet teamwork moments in this fight, too. Yeah. Like, cool action hero back-to-back stuff. Or, like, duck! And then the guy's lightsaber swings over her head. And she ducked just in time because Ben yelled at her. Yelled at her to do it. Yeah. Or she, I don't know what, I can't remember. The and she just happened. listened without questioning. She just ducked. And, and then. There was one thing where like she threw her glass or someone threw the glass boomerang and he, she like caught it with the force and she was going to move it, but she got kicked and Ben took it with the force and moved it. They're like cool team up moves, man. Like cool chrono trigger team up moves. Yeah. The, she swings at the guy's <laughs> feet. He blocks, X-cut. but leaves him open. <laughs> yeah. And. Ben just cuts him from his like collarbone down to his belt, and he just kind of goes. Yep, that's gross. Yeah, he peeled apart. Yeah, I wrote that. Said, right? Very descriptive. Body peeling apart. <laughs> Their teamwork is awesome. And ultimately, also uh, to end the fight, she lies them to victory. Vistara lies again. She lies again. She says he's got a bomb in his desk. Get away from his desk. But really, she just wanted to. Make sure he gets backed into the corner so she can pull out a blaster herself and start shooting. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and then two every, other people... Everybody else takes guns out yeah. while Luke Skywalker's fighting him hand-to-hand with lightsabers. And it, uh, quote, it only took six shots for Ben to burn a hole through his head. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I guess it's just that easy to get the Sith off course on, eh? Smash him with scaffolding. Luke was right. Electrocute them to death. I doubted him. Why? Jeez, what did I do? Why did I do that? Down the heroes. Why did I doubt Luke Skywalker? He's only always right. Crush him, zap him, blast him. Easy. Yeah, she didn't want to risk him surrendering or being taken captive. Can't do it. So she lied to get him to death. That's You're right. That was the important part. Was that the part of the plan was that he was going to be taken captive. Mm -hmm. And so she... Lied about the bomb in the desk, which changes the entire battle. From Luke Skywalker's perspective, he starts maneuvering the lightsaber a little differently to kill the guy instead. Because there might be a bomb in the desk. Got to get this over with. And then all the guns come out, which she starts. But if there's no bomb in his desk and, and they find out. How do we find that out? It's that, gonna. That's It's gonna. It's gonna have to. All these little lies. Look what's happening in the beginning of this book. She's having to keep up more lies to hide the big lie of murdering Natuawan. Mm-hmm. Now she's had to lie to get her way into the room. She lied to Ben about what she did. She's had to lie to Ben and Luke Skywalker about a bomb in the desk, which she can always just say, I don't know for sure. But, you know, that's the Sith. That's what a Sith would do, right? Oh, he just didn't do it this time. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't feel a threat. I just assumed, right? Hands up. These little lies. Yeah. She's compounding the lies. She's going to get caught in one of them eventually. That's, I think the foreshadowing aspect is that <laughs> either all of them or there's going to be one mm-hmm. that's going to trip her up and bring out the truth eventually. Chapter 30, I think. But first, chapter four <laughs> with Alana. Hey, she's safe. Remember last book? 
Yeah. Where Han just like zipped her off to safety in a minute. Oh, it's because he didn't leave Coruscant to take her to safety. That's why we can skip that in a literal paragraph break. And then he just rushes into the chief of state's office, right? Taryn Zell mm-hmm. must have been the one who took Alana to safety aboard the Dragon Queen 2 with her mother, Tenelkov. The one person who I thought she wasn't exactly going to be with. Exactly what we said. There's no way. That would be way too dangerous. But they're not like at the palace in the yeah. in the in the Hapen Consortium. They are at Ossus yeah. overseeing the evacuation of the Jedi Temple there. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's at this weird part and it's... Uh, yeah, it's during the summer when all the water orbit. turns to mist. It's right in between its two stars. And so everything on the planet is evaporating yeah. into a mist that just makes the atmosphere impossible to see. And even out into the exosphere. But Yeah, it's daytime for like two months. I did not think she would be here. Nope. But maybe she didn't get... Okay, Han and Leia are also here. Yes. Right? So maybe they dropped her. Anyways, whatever. She's with her mom. Han and Leia are here, you know, scuttle button the old Millennium Falcon around trying to hustle Jedi off the planet Ossus. But she's up here with her mom. Finally. When was the last time this kid got to see her mom for more than a moment of saving her from not blowing up on the sands of Klaatuine? Uh, two years? Yeah, since her dad died. Yep. And she had to be taken into care of her grandparents. Crazy. It's, they're, ah, they're back together for a moment. And it's only always ever going to be brief. Mm -hmm. But Tenelka is, uh, an interesting thing I thought Alana noticed in this chapter. Her mom's dressed like a Jedi. Yeah. Her mom's not dressed like a queen. She's got a gray jumpsuit on with her lightsaber on her hip. This is who she wants to be. The part of this child who says she's nine in this chapter, by the Mm -hmm. way, this child has this insight into her mother where she's like, that's the real her. That's the person that she would be all the time if she got to choose. Yeah. But, you know, weight of responsibility and the throne that we're given. And I don't even know about my real throne and blah, blah, blah. I just thought that was really insightful for the child, the nine-year-old child who chats politics with her mom. Yeah. She's been trained for it all her life. They've had conversations like this all her life. But up till then, she was four. <laughs> Last time Tanaka saw her daughter, she was four. And then two short years later, now she's a grown-up nine-year-old. <laughs> I will... I will uh, uh, yeah, maybe there's because, something we missed. But... No, because when Luke came back to Coruscant the first time, what did they say? It had been less than a year Yeah, since he had been exiled. Yep. And two years since Jason's death. So this kid is not nine. She was four in his cockpit. The book before he died. Yep. Which didn't take multiple years in between books. No, it didn't. She's nine now. But she's very smart. She's very cool. I love her. She's awesome. Her and her mom have a chat about how helping the Jedi is a difficult decision to make as a politician. Because it puts you in a position where all the people underneath you are worried that you're spending resources on an outside. <laughs> you know, like yeah. All this, all this pontificating high, high level brain stuff coming out of this nine year old between her mom, which is awesome because she's a genius, the kind of genius that has visions. Mm-hmm. And she has a vision of bearable babies 
being blasted to smithereens in the basement of the Jedi Temple. Can't tell her mom all the specifics. Because she made a promise. Because she made a promise. And if Grandpa taught me anything, you stick by your friends. When your friends are in trouble, you save your friends. And Tom Kyle's like, yeah, that's good. But then Mom also says, you're clearly very strong in the Force. That's two visions in less than six months. And then they go on for Alana to think about how her daddy having a vision and the way he decided to act upon his vision is what led him to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And she is having visions already at this age as a nine-year-old. She had one earlier on Klaatuine about the ball of fire man and (laughs) blowing up her mommy, right? Yep. Who knows what other things she's had visions of. She's so strong in the force. But what a cool parallel for that to have been Jason's downfall. She's supposed to, it seems as uh, the timeline stands now, like in terms of fate, she's going to end up on the white throne. That yeah. seems to still be the outcome that we're headed to based on what we saw in the pool of knowledge a while ago. Mm-hmm. She don't even know that. She is so powerful. She's having visions and she, she's worried as a kid that she might follow in her father's footsteps. How very Luke Skywalker that must feel, right? Yeah. And Leia Solo. and uh, It's... It's such a Skywalker story that this kid is having. You know who else had their downfall come very heavily from their visions? Great Grandpa Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Remember he was having visions of his mom being tortured to death and then he went and murdered a whole village? I don't think that helped him. No. <laughs> I think that really kind of helped lead, lead to his downfall, right? Yeah, it's all in what you do with the visions, and that's part of the thing that Tenelkaas says. That is what she says. Yeah. yeah. It's how you decide to act or not, because the future is always shifting and moving in that. You follow your heart, and you build the future every day, which is very much similar to the new Jason Solo tenet of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. You build the future every day at the... It's not means to an ends. You cannot do bad things to get to a final good ending. It doesn't happen. It won't work. Do good every day and you'll make a good destiny. And that's essentially what Tunnel Call reiterates, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this is awesome. This kid and her mom talking about their dad, talking about cool force visions. They talk like your ancestry. The whole thing is so thickly bundled and and just rich yeah it's juicy it's good (laughs) i don't know what am i saying and i've always liked alana since the beginning tenelka too i've always liked tenelka she's got a rancor tooth lightsaber dude yeah there's nothing cooler than that and she's also got a rancor tooth necklace on right now too claw lightsaber or a claw or something rancor something it's cool yeah because she's dathomiri yeah, and we get a whole chapter with just these two. And who knows if we'll get another one. Mm-hmm. Because they are not destined to spend their lives together. It doesn't seem that way anyways. I don't know if there ever could be a point in time in, in the near future where she could be like, this is my daughter. Maybe she's not the queen anymore. Maybe so. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe she gets but deposed I don't, or something. I don't see how they spend time together. Even if she gets deposed, that kid's a threat. She's the rightful heir to the throne and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. But it's nice to have these moments together. And this chapter of Alana being just so smart and so insightful, so wise. She understands politics. She understands the the weight of making a decision based on something you might have seen in the future or past or whatever it is. I wonder if, because in this whole scene, she's like, I got to talk to master 17. I have to, I have to. And her she mom's lands like, on, I have to help my friends. Yeah. And, and so I have to get in contact with master 17. And her mom's like, well, can you do that? Like, I know you can feel me. Can you do that? She's like, no. So, okay, we'll wait. I wonder if at some point she's just going to try. I know. And right? have it work. I know, right? So cool. And just be like, here's how powerful I am accidentally. Yeah. Or maybe she can like, maybe she'll be just a vision person. She can give that vision. Yeah. To send that yeah. vision yeah. out. Who knows? She's going to help her friends though, however she can do it. But Tenokawa tells her it's going to have to wait until after the evacuation of Osis because we're under attack by the Sith. Yeah. It's going to have to wait until after the evacuation and it'll have to wait until next week when we cover chapters five through eight of fate of the jedi book nine apocalypse i'm justin i'm tim full gas man full (laughs) gas straight to it it's on for any comments and questions you can hit us up at Forever Canon Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.